I'm Aria Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Today, we're talking L.A. Sparks. our show please consider joining our patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w we are honored to have sparks la sparks head coach Derek fisher on the show coach we're excited to have a unique basketball mind and really get into what's going on with the la sparks so let's hop right into it i'm curious going into this offseason what did you feel you needed to do to get the sparks closer to winning a championship um, well, thanks for having me. First of all, I'm, I'm uh, you know, looking forward to the, the conversation as well. And, and I mean, I, I think honestly for our group, we, uh, you know, it wasn't just about, I think, putting together a great roster and, and you know, adding the right pieces in terms of basketball players, but also, you know, continuing to build strong relationships with the current, you know, players we had going into free agency and into the offseason. And then, um, any players that were coming on board, you know, the right type of, of women uh, in terms of their character, their integrity, um, what their goals are, the things they want to accomplish in their careers and make sure that it all fit together. So I believe we were able to accomplish that and um, just looking forward to getting back to work as soon as everybody can be safe. You know, you guys added Brittany Sykes, Christy Tolliver, Marie Gulich, Simone Augustus. Uh, a lot of big names have, have joined the roster. Tolliver is probably the biggest name. I mean, she doesn't have the rings and the accolades that Simone has, but I think Brittany Sykes really has the potential to be the largest impact player that was added to this roster during the offseason. Can you talk to us a little bit about Brittany Sykes and what she brings to this team? Yeah, no, it's, that's um, really insightful. I mean, I think, you know, everybody's familiar with Christy Tolliver and, and her career and Simone, obviously both players, you know, championship success and, and great you know, veteran all-star level players, but um, players like Brittany Sykes um, were really valuable to us this offseason, uh, you know, with the loss of Elena Beard and what she's brought to this organization for so many years. Uh, you know, we knew it was going to be important to uh, bring in players that had a level of um, length, athleticism, versatility at the guard position, the ability to not just defend multiple positions, uh, but also offensively uh, kind of be a utility uh, weapon, so to speak, a player that's comfortable handling the basketball in some screen roll situations, uh, but also good without the basketball in terms of cutting and slashing. Uh, and we're hoping to continue to help her expand her ability to knock down, you know, the open threes as well. So we're, we're really excited about Brittany and, and Marie, who, you know, when the first conversation I had with her was, to let her know that she wasn't just a throw in, you know, this is not just about getting Brittany. Um, Marie was a two time defensive player of the year in the Pac-12. Uh, we played against the Atlanta Dream, you know, last year in, in my one year in the W and her activity level, the way she crashes the boards, um, her ability to stretch the floor at times, but just an intensity and energy to her approach. Um, I feel like was going to be good for us on a day to day basis as well. 
Coach, kind of expanding off of that, that's a great segue. Um, I want to talk a little bit at your, about your depth, kind of at the big position, that, that four or five position. Obviously, that trade with Kalani Brown for Sykes and Gulich, um, you know, speaks a lot about kind of your vision, it seems like to me, with Maria Vadiva. Um, and that's a player that, you know, we've talked a little bit about the last couple of years. Um, obviously, extremely talented young woman and, and kind of what she can do in this league. But now that you've had some some serious time to really work with her, can you expand about um, her game and, and just kind of the growth of Vadiva and kind of how do you see her evolving as time goes on? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It was a tough decision for us to make because we we really enjoyed Kalani, and you know we feel like Kalani has a bright future in this league, and you know she'll probably make us pay for not still having her on our side. But we really did believe that you know if we were going to make a choice at at this time, you know Maria's upside, what she's already shown. Um, but also what her future is in terms of her ceiling uh, was just too high for us to step away from right now based on the roster we have and, and the timing, uh, you know, with where the league is in terms of, um, you know, Masha typically is uh, playing for her Russian national team. So she has those commitments. Um, and fortunately and unfortunately, uh, her team didn't qualify. So, you know, we're looking forward to having arguably her first full season where her season wouldn't be disrupted going back and forth to home, her home country. And we could really work with her all season. Um, and, and really for possibly two seasons in a row, um, now that the Olympics have been moved to 21. So, uh, Maria's upside is, is ridiculously high. She's really smart. And I think most importantly, uh, she brings a, a day-to-day work ethic that oftentimes is hard to find in big players, uh, to be honest. Like she, she really does love to work at improving, and that's part of the culture that we're trying to build with the Sparks. Yeah, and as you said, kind of a little bit of a silver lining with kind of uh, the series of events that have taken place this year. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I speak for a lot of people with uh, we're excited to see Vadiva's growth um, and as she continues to get more comfortable and develop in this league. But it wouldn't be. Uh, an LA Sparks podcast. If we didn't, if we didn't talk about the Chelsea Gray, um, we could talk about these last couple seasons with her. Obviously, you guys re-signed her. It was pretty anticipated, but that's a huge sign. I mean, Chelsea Gray is as clutch and as cold-blooded as any player in this league, at least from my perspective. But you know, I'm I'm really curious your thoughts on on Chelsea in particular and her continued growth as a point guard in this league. Yeah, now Chelsea. Um, like you said, I think a lot of people anticipated Chelsea re-signing. Um, you know, with our group, but we had some work to do um, to make sure that that remained in place. I I think part of it, um, you know, one was just making sure that, you know, Chelsea felt really comfortable and confident in the direction uh, going forward. Uh, You know, the way our season ended, uh, the loss of our general manager and just uh, so much uncertainty um, for a player of Chelsea's caliber you know, we had to reestablish and make sure that she was confident in our leadership, the direction we'd be taking going forward, how we're going to build our roster, our culture. Is this going to be a place that long term, you know, she really could see herself, um, you know, having a great career and working with great people. Uh, and so once we were able to make sure that that was in place, uh, we put a roster together with Chelsea in mind um, at the forefront of it. 
I think in a lot of ways, Chelsea's had, um, you know, the training wheels on, so to speak, because she came into the Sparks team um, with a group that was focused around Candace Parker, around Neka Gumake, two MVP type players, and rightfully so. And I think we've all seen over the last couple of seasons um, that Chelsea's ready to, you know, be the leader of the group herself. And that doesn't necessarily mean she gets to shoot all of the shots, but she deserves the freedom and a level of empowerment um, to do what she feels is best in that situation, whether that's her shot or somebody else's shot or play to make. And, um, you know, we're confident she's ready to step into it. And uh, almost all of the roster decisions we made uh, were with Chelsea in mind, not just for this season, but hopefully for many seasons to come. It's interesting. I remember back uh... – Two, I think it was two seasons ago when the Sparks, uh, this is before you, you took on the head coaching position, but the Sparks uh, were bounced out of the playoffs in D.C. And at the postgame press conference, Candace and Neca both talking very similarly about how, you know, she came onto this team, Chelsea, that is, uh, and, and kind of having training wheels and being in a position where she didn't have to be a leader or be that go-to person. But they both ex- expressed extremely that, for this Sparks team to take that next step and win more championships and, and continue the Sparks dynasty, it's going to be on the back of Chelsea Gray and through her growth. I'm curious what you think that looks like. What can fans expect? Because, you know, if you've been watching the league uh, for, for Chelsea's time in the league, you already expect her to basically make any shot as, as the clock's expiring uh, and, and to win games and to make big shots. So what does that growth look like for a player who's already cemented herself as a big shot player? Um, yeah, I think I think that, uh, in my opinion, at least, that there's a you know when people watch great players play, um, there's there's like an efficiency um, and and almost like a smooth approach to their game. Not very little looks forced. Um, very little looks uncomfortable because they're they prepare themselves mentally and physically to face whatever the defense throws at them. Um, and, and make the, the necessary adjustments. And so I, I think for people watching Chelsea and, and where I see um, my job is to try and help, you know, plan, strategize, work with her closely, work with our team so that the game isn't so hard for Chelsea. Um, she doesn't have to do everything off of multiple dribbles created herself and expend the amount of energy that for a player we are going to rely on so heavily um, doesn't have the energy left in the fourth quarter or late in the season uh, to help us get over the hump and have an opportunity to win a championship. Um, so, you know, my number one goal will be to to assist Chelsea in having the game become a more efficient, um, lighter touch game, less dribbles, less forcing of action, which means we have to execute at a really high level. Our spacing has to be amazing. And then we have to surround Chelsea with the right players uh, so that so much focus can't be paid to her. uh, And then she can read the the situation from there. You talk about surrounding Chelsea with the right players. It's kind of funny because, you know, I think we we can look at the offseason moves and you you just go down this L.A. Sparks roster and as as completely loaded with talent as it is, it's almost it's almost mind blowing, you know, kind of this roster and in, in ways, I mean, it's exciting, but it's a little bit overwhelming too. And I just kind of have to ask, you know, in terms of X's and O's, 
um, when we talk about surrounding Chelsea, but getting into to, to the other positions on the floor, that wing position in particular. I mean, we could talk about the bigs. We could talk about the depths, the possibility of playing three bigs. Is, is that on your mind? Or how do you plan on filling kind of that, that wing role? Yeah, great, great question. I, I think we we put the roster together with that in mind that we we wanted to be able to, um, and even though they're only twelve teams in the W, um, all twelve teams in some ways are a little different um, in terms of the way they play, uh, the way their personnel is structured, the things that those coaches and teams like to do uh, to to take advantage. So. We wanted to make sure that we put our roster together first and foremost in terms of who we are uh, with the level of versatility in the way that we play uh, that we want to maximize on. So with that wing position, you know, whether it's TRP, whether it's Brittany Sykes, whether it's Simone Augustus, whether it's being able to utilize Candace's versatility as a ball handler and player that can initiate offense uh, in terms of a bigger lineup at times. Um, and, and Simone as well, comfortable with the ball, Sykes comfortable with the ball, uh, but also an ability to go, I guess, quote unquote, smaller if we needed to in order to force pace, in order to stretch the defense even more. Um, Chelsea's 5'10", 5'11", good size, good strength, um, no problem putting her at a wing position and then having Christy Tolliver and Raquana Williams as guards. Um, and, and then as you can think about those three on the floor, um, you know, all types of spacing, ball handling, creating, decision making, and then any combination of our bigs up front, uh, whether it's Shanae, Maria, Neca, Candice, Marie, um, you know, we just feel like we can do anything that we need to do. We can force the defense to be wrong, whatever decision they make on that end. And then we believe we have a versatility defensively as well um, to make the, the offenses uncomfortable. So we, we wanted a roster that was deep enough to react to any situation we were going to face. Um, and that's that's hopefully what we put together once once everything gets started. And talking about Candace Parker, um, you know, this is a player, arguably, in, in a lot of people's minds, one of the greatest to ever play the game. And then we talk about the versatility of what Candace can do. Um, we could talk about that in its own show in particular. But, you know, Candace is entering her 13th season. And the way this roster has been built, I mean, you kind of you kind of answered my question a little bit, you know, with her being able to play really. I mean, she can play one through five, uh, but has anything changed with kind of how you envision playing her, especially at this point in her career? Um, I, I mean, I think a little bit. I, I think the biggest thing that will change in, in terms of uh, the way we utilize Candace, one will be I think she'll be healthier um, and and more focused and ready to go from the start of the season compared to uh, where she was last season, you know, coming in. I think adjusting for the first time, not playing uh, overseas last year, um, obviously like new and great accomplishments in the broadcasting world um, and, you know, how she's blazing trails on that side of it. I think those were all new things for her, um, new coaching staff, new everything. Um, and so I believe that right away, um, Candace is just going to be in a better place to start. And then from there, um, I think with health, then that will allow us to utilize her really all over the floor uh, to, again, initiate offense at times to help, um, you know, that Chelsea doesn't have to always do it. Christy Tolliver doesn't always have to do it. Uh, we can utilize those players to move around 
um, off of screens and get behind the defense. Um, and Candace being at the top of the floor uh, forces another big up and away from the basket. Um, I, Candace always, I think, in the, at least in the last couple of years in our conversations, she's wanted to be a better three-point shooter percentage-wise. Um, and I'm very comfortable offensively with she and Neca, um, you know, being above the break and able to stretch the floor in that way as well. Um, but I, I think also Candace at this point in her career uh, can, can really be a dominant player below the free throw line extended, um, where she can catch it without having to have all five sets of eyes looking at her above the break, but also catching the ball in the mid post. Um, and she still has the length, the size, the vision. Um, if they do send a second player, she can make the necessary pass. But I think she's still pretty good in one-on-one -on -one situations as long as our spacing is good around her. Perfect. Well, then, I mean, we've got to switch gears here. Um, I'm, I'm, we're, we're less than a week away uh, from the virtual 2020 WNBA draft. Um, kind of getting into your mind a little bit, um, you know, how do you, how have you approached this draft without a first round pick? You've guys got 20, 22 and 34. Um, what do you feel like you need if you even do feel like you need anything and kind of what's your mentality headed into this draft? Uh, yes, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, Michael Fisher and I, um, you know, we're working really hard to make sure we still do the necessary work to prepare for the draft. Um, you know, regardless of, of draft number, um, you know, you look at, um, you know, great coaches and great organizations, um, you know, you don't take a draft off because you don't have a particular number. Um, you know, Bill Belichick is a guy that comes to mind for me, um, you know, who went down to, you know, middle Tennessee state in the rain to watch a guy work out, um, that he's probably going to maybe pick in a later round. Um, that's the type of work that has to be done when you want to be great. And so we're looking at this draft in, in the same way as if it was the number one pick. Um, what type of person is she? Um, you know, talking to college coaches, you know, tapping into our relationships. And Michael's really plugged in in, in that way. Um, as, as my relationships continue to build, the more time I spend um, here in the W. But I think the main thing for us is not really – uh, also a need in terms of what type of player um, in terms of our ability to shoot or pass or rebound block shots, uh, but really on a daily basis, what is she going to bring to the table in terms of her competitive spirit, uh, her mental and physical toughness with a veteran team, from my experience, um, you know, we have players that have been in the WNBA finals multiple times, won multiple championships, et cetera. Maybe there'll be a little bit more excitement and anticipation for this training camp because of all that is going on. But in reality, let's be honest, after a week, like these players aren't going to love practice every day. That's just, right. that's just the reality of it. And so players that you bring in in the draft, those rookies, those training camp invites, they a lot of times are the ones that are really the symbols of your culture in terms of literally working hard every day, still diving on the floor for loose balls getting after it, making veterans uncomfortable. Um, so we're looking for those type of players that whether they have a great opportunity in terms of, you know, beating Chelsea Gray out or not, probably not. However, is she is she not going to be afraid to challenge Chelsea Gray, though, as a guard? Um, we're looking for those type of players, and I, I think there are a number of them in, in this year's draft that we can tap into. Coach, I know you got to run. Uh, we have one last question for you. 
uh, as it's, it's documented, you used to play a little bit of basketball. And obviously, when you're a player, you use the offseason to grow your game. I'm curious, now that you've flipped over to uh, the clipboard side of the bench, how do you approach the offseason uh, to kind of grow your coaching game? And what does that look like for you? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a I wish I could go on for 20 minutes about that one, man. Maybe we can reconnect. But I, I didn't know how to do that as a coach. Um, you know, my, my first couple of years. And that's something that, like you said, as a player, every year you're looking for ways to grow and add to your game. And um, as a coach, those are things that I'm learning every year, uh, where that information is, where to go find it, um, how to develop and get better in terms of not just X's and O's, but just overall thoughts about your team, how to communicate, the way to structure practices, um, and how to evolve as the game evolves and the players you're trying to reach um, change and evolve. Um, so this time has been, um, you know, it's sad that it's being done in this way, but I think it's forced me as a coach and I'm sure many other coaches um, to really focus on that area even more um, because you're not in the gym every day. It's really about getting better uh, in terms of your planning, your philosophy, uh, the way you approach the game. And there are tons of, you know, opportunities to do so virtually, that I've been taking advantage of phone calls, conversations, you know, technology is amazing with being able to watch literally everything that you need. Um, and so it's been a great growth off season for myself and, um, you know, hopefully for our players, I've gotten better and, and I can better serve them. Coach, we appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you guys. Appreciate you having me. As we always say, we believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us and the hard work that we do. A reminder, during the draft, we will be doing a live stream for Patreon subscribers. After the draft, we will be doing a live stream for everyone to get a little bit more analysis and in-depth look at the draft.